TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is father of the year. He is Dr. <laughs> Damien Christoph. Hello, Dr. Marcus, Marcus. Uh, I was like, oh, did I get through that without anything really big? How are you, man? On your nelly, did you get through that without anything? You Amazing. are father of the year. You have just Not been at all. Not at all. On, a, on a wonderful retreat with Jackson led by the superstar himself, Dr. Arna Rubenstein, and I want to know absolutely all about it. <laughs> well, it's a bit like the Freemasons. I can only tell you so much, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Secret handshakes. Secret, secret handshakes, uh, all of that. Yeah. yeah. No, it was... Um, the other time I got invited to a Freemasons, um, you know, not induction thing, but you know, I was. Oh, they wanted me to join and all of the rest. Hey. And an well, uh, interesting experience. It is, isn't it? But they do phenomenal work. They I've, do. I've done a few talks for the Freemasons, and there's no doubt about it. They do absolutely phenomenal work. They were that celebration either, don't they? So, but this isn't about the Freemasons. Let's just say. Can that. I just tell you one other little stat about the Freemasons? Yeah, go on. The only man to make the top twenty of the oldest Australians ever to live. Yeah. Is a man named Jack Lockett. Right. He's one of our World War One heroes, and he was the oldest Freemason. On record, and and the beautiful thing about it is that we know how big socialising and being engaged is, and groups like the Freemasons just tick the boxes in all the right areas there. And I just love that our number one man in the longest lived Australians of all time, one hundred and eleven years, who went through the stresses of World War, credits yeah. his uh, his brotherhood in the Freemason uh, group that he was up, I think, up in Bendigo, yeah, as a, a part of his um, fabulous longevity. Well, let's think about the three things he might have got, or you know, two of the three things that he might have got that we've discovered are the the keys to longevity. That's it. Purpose and engagement. Engagement. Look at that. Pretty awesome. Hey. Pretty awesome. Part of a club, part of a membership, part of a family it gives him purpose to do something. That's what yeah. you got to do. That's what you got to do. And speaking of family, yep. tell us about this because this is obviously how old's Jackson? Is he fourteen? Fourteen. Fourteen, mate. So this is, I mean, again, knowing how important a great family life is to an exceptional life. Tell me about this uh, weekend. Was it, it? Was four days? Wasn't it? Four days. We we left on the Thursday. We came back on the Sunday afternoon. Now, and generally, this particular program goes for five days, and it can go up to seven days. So this was a shortened version of it, but I tell you what, it was uh, an incredible thing. So um, I think the listeners would have heard me speak of Arna Rubenstein at some point. I'm sure they might. Uh, and I've, I've seen un- overfed and undernourished. Yeah, they? seen overfed and undernourished. They might have done that. They might have read the book, The Making of Men. That's possible too. Um, and Arna uh, it was a GP. He still is a GP, actually. And he still speaks um, to GPs, and he practices a little bit, I think, in the emergency department. Um, lives in Byron Bay. And uh, he put, of mine. hey, look at that! All the cool kids hang there, and uh, <laughs> and uh, he um, recognised that uh, we're having trouble with our boys, uh, and so boys were, you know, coming from all different types of families, whether they be families that are um, struggle in struggle town or families that are very well off um, and not in struggle town. 
but something happened along the way with many of the boys where they just kind of went off the rails. During that synaptic pruning process where uh, boys' brains kind of have a lot of loose ends and they make some kind of crazy rash decisions, um, <laughs> boys were you know, making bad decisions that, that were setting them up for life. So they might just do one thing that they didn't really know that they were doing until after the fact that they'd done it and it's changed their life forever. Um, and he felt that he needed to intervene. And so he went on a bit of a path of discovery to find out what people would, uh, what other cultures did with their boys. And he looked at all the different ancient cultures, all the indigenous cultures from around the world. And all of them, even without communicating via smoke signal, pigeon, or text message, were all doing some kind of initiation process or rite of passage for the boys. And that really resonated with me. And not that Jackson is at all unruly or in trouble or making bad decisions, but he's definitely going through some synaptic pruning, I've got to tell you that. <laughs> and you know, and uh, so I, uh, I thought, what a great thing for me to do one day with Jack as I was reading Arna's book. Anyway, Jackson's school put on a talk, and Arna, who happened to actually go to Jackson's school as a little boy, as a young man, um, came back to the school to talk about the making of men and then at that presentation announced that with the school he was going to um, d- run one of these camps like a, a rites of passage camp and I went I you know pretty much jumped up and down and squealed and, uh, and said <laughs> you ran to the back of the room or the front of the <laughs> I ran I ran I'm signing up give me a, ca- a pen so I went and signed up and uh, I was the first person down bang first person in bang and uh, Jack and I were just well, Amber and I were. Really, well, Amber was actually a little bit. Um, what would you say? Skeptical, cautious. She thought I was getting into a cult, and um, only because she's not familiar with that sort of thing. And so we'll talk more about that. But um, and Jack was like, "Oh, Dad, what are we doing now?" And I was just so excited. I was like, felt like I was going on a scout camp. And so we decided to go on a, a camp. It was the best. Loved it. And. Um, we took off on a Thursday to bus. We had to hand in our mobile phones, and they got locked away in a briefcase or in a, in a locked case, and we didn't have mobile phone access, um, and we you couldn't take any books. The kids couldn't do any schoolwork, and it was purposeful. I love the I love the word, that use of that word. Purposeful, intentional, one-on-one time with our son, and uh, and so it was guided, and it was a guided rite of passage kind of event where it, it allowed us to focus on the type of relationship that we actually have and it allowed us to focus on um, how we wanted to be, you know, as a father for me and Jack as a man when he, when he got big. And so it, it made us ask all these different types of questions through a really amazing process that Arnold put together. But it meant that Jackson and I spent one-on-one time together and I feel like having got back from that, that not only do we, I mean, we already have a beautiful, strong, healthy bond and amazing relationship, but coming back off the back of this, it just feels like I can just sit down with Jack, you know, look at him one-on-one, face-to-face, with intention, and he'll just tell me everything. It's fantastic. Wow. It's fantastic. Wow. And I think that's, it's such, a, it's such a, uh, a nice feeling to have that relationship with, you know, your children. In particular <laughs> with... Uh, <laughs> in particular with Jacko, you know, what a great thing. So, okay, so I'm curious, Damo, as I'm sure a lot of people are, what kind of questions, just give us a couple of highlights that Anna put in this process that really either created, you know, light bulb moments for you or for Jacko, or what were some of those pivotal moments of the week or the four days that you spent together 
um, that were either turning points or that were really big, I suppose, uh, game changers for the for the two of you. Well, one of the the best things that he that he did, and I can't talk too much about it because it, it gives so much of it away. One of the best things that he did was to get the boys to reflect on the type of man that they wanted to be. Yeah. And um, and so they then need to look to all of the influencers and influencers of uh, of their boyhood, and then you know who are they going to latch onto and you know be guided with, and who are they going to surround themselves with as they start to move through from you know this tiny little boy phase you know, which kind of finishes just before 12, and they're almost a teenager, but because they haven't turned a teenager yet, they don't call themselves a teenager, but they're looking at these teenagers who are only one year older than them, they're going, oh, that's just teenage behavior. And then uh, all of a sudden, bang, they have a birthday, they're now a teenager, and they, it's it's almost like they slip into this kind of, I don't or one know. day you aren't, and the next day you are. And then they are. And, uh, and so, you know, they've got to try to, you know, Work out who are the people, who are the the people that are in their circle of influence, and um, and one of the greatest things about this particular event is it provided a, a not only a forum for conversation, but an enormous amount of support. Probably possibly much the same as what you might get in the Freemasons, like a group of guys mm. who could get around and just really discuss issues that affect men. And we don't often we don't have that. I'm I'm not being you know sexist here, but we don't have that as as men anymore. We used to have man clubs and we used to have boys clubs and we used to have all that sort of stuff. But because of you know changes in um, in the way in which we've set up our social structures, uh, we now have to include um, men and women in in almost everything we do, unless it's women's only. You know, you can't have yeah. guys part of women's only things, but you can't have guys only things because it's being sexist. And so there's that disconnect. So guys kind of don't necessarily have that that ability to surround themselves with positive male influences um, yeah. that are strong male influences. You know, whether they learn how to tie a knot, or whether they um, know how to pitch a tent, or whether they know how to fire a bow and arrow, or whatever it is. Like all those sorts of primal things that guys used to be involved in. You know, hunting and protection and defence and all of those sorts of things. We don't. We don't. We're not necessarily surrounded by those sorts of things. Um, I've always been fascinated by the comment that I still forget where I first heard it, but the comment that sport became our hunting. Yes. So sport is now our our hunt for for a lot of men anyway. Um, where and you're right. Whereas even sport today is very. It's not. It's not. It might be male dominated, but it's definitely not male exclusive. It's. Um, you know, football and netball clubs or tennis clubs or basketball clubs or whatever it is, is not necessarily, like you say, a men's only um, field. But one thing you said, Damo, which I really latched onto, is that it sounds like Anna is encouraging young young men particularly to focus on the power of their peer group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so th- their peer group being like their circle of influence, so even people that they not, don't necessarily know, so whether it's the media that they're surrounding themselves with, like social media is obviously a big thing for, for boys growing up. Yep. Um, so what are they influenced by social media-wise and then mass media-wise and then their friends, their teachers, and like you say, the relationship that they have with their parents. And it seems so, it does, it seems so um, just awesome. I want a better word, but it's so powerful that, that Jackson and many others are being taught that you, who you surround yourself with is so important in, in your ability to, I suppose, live out your vision of who you want to be as a human being. Sorry, I started talking. I was on mute. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, I really floored you, didn't I? <laughs> flat, 
Oh, look, you, you, that's spot on, mate. That's spot on. The circle, the people around you, the people who are your circle of influence is spot on. And um, and that's your social fabric. That's your um, that's where you learn stuff, and you kind of learn it through immersion and through observation, um, and and through telling stories. And so what we what we learnt, and this is something that you can read in Arna's book, um, and he talks about this. I think it's almost in chapter two of of the Making of Men. Um, he talks about. Um, as your boys pull away from you, the best thing that you can do is just still be there and uh, and and not say much, but just tell stories because they'll learn through the stories and learn through your actions rather than actually learning through instruction. And um, and and that was a really important point, in which we we really we did a lot of that over the weekend, told a lot of stories, and and that was really important for them. Of just stories, I'm interested about this. Is this like sharing your own personal stories of growing up or of? Um... Just learning lessons, yeah, all of the above. So, what did you do that was great? What did you do that was bad? You know, or well, not bad, yeah. but you know, mistakes you made, mistakes, all of that. You know, yeah. so so everything. You know, how did you become the man that you are, or what? Are, you know, what are the? I suppose everything. Everything that we needed to try and um, help the boys understand about life, we told in stories, and it wasn't from. Um, this is how it can be if you do this. It was like this is how it happened when I did that. You know, it was it was very personal and very one on one, and and it certainly it definitely wasn't confronting at all, um, because you're in a really safe, confidential environment. You know, everything that's said stays there, and there's there's nothing that's shared outside of it about anything about anybody or anything that they've said. So. Yeah. Um, you know, you can. It, you felt really safe and secure. The greatest, the, and I'll, you know, the greatest thing about it was that for those four days, the the only thing that you could do, and the only thing that you focused on, was the uh, the betterment of the boys that were at the camp. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, I felt like I was part of an indigenous society where they really valued the growth and the transition of you know of a of a boy into an adolescent into a man a young man and it was uh, it was it was great and of course that sets us up for 100 not out because when you learn those principles and when you learn how to be a man um or in you know in a woman's case when you learn how to be a woman um or you know I don't want to say a lady, but yeah, be a, be a woman. Uh, when you, when you move from being a girl to a woman, a boy to a man, um, that's how society gets to move forward, as opposed to stay back. And yeah. one of the biggest dangers that we have is that girls stay young and boys don't become men. Yeah. And uh, and so we're not, you know, we, we start to fail to progress. Yeah. And Our stress uh, response is still the little boy inside or the little primitive. girl inside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, two questions, Damo. Okay. What do you think Jackson learnt and how has Amber been since you guys have returned? Because you said she was a little bit unsure at the beginning. Um, but what do you reckon Jackson learnt or took away from it and what's Amber's response been? So the first thing, with what Jackson learnt, um, I, I don't know yet what he actually learnt because um, I'm not going to ask him. I'm not going to actually ask him, what did you learn? Um, I'm, I'm asking him, you know, how, how do you feel? But I'm not going to ask him what he learned because I I feel that he's going to tell me, you know, that at some point, you know, when he's ready to tell me, and that's really important. And again, it's all part of that process of you know letting your boys talk to you, and it's it's about me spending more time with him one on one. So last night when I got back from work, I said, right, Jacko, put your schoolwork down. He said, oh, can I just finish the science? I said, right, let's finish the science. Finished his science. We went for a walk. We spent about an hour and a half, um, nearly two hours, just in the park. 
just hanging out with each other. And then by the end of it, he was opening up and telling me some stories, which was really yeah, good, man. you know, and that's really important. I didn't have to ask him any questions. Yeah, um, yeah it, and, wasn't a grill, it wasn't a grill session. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. So that, that was good. And so, you know, I hope that he learned some lessons um, and he learned some strategies for coping and strategies for making friends and, you know, all of the things that you hope for and, you know, strategies for making better decisions. I, I hope that that's yeah. what he will learn from that. But also... I think that what he did definitely learn was that he has an enormous amount of support and love around him, which is important, yeah. right? Um, and and that's and I've received emails from some of the other men that were also on the camp saying, you know, loved hanging out with you and Jackson. Um, if ever Jackson needs somebody that's not his dad, I would love to be a oh, man that cool. can help him out, you know? Is that? And, yeah, is that incredible, you know? So it's, you know, girls need their auntie, and guys need a gaggle of men, you know. We just need, yeah. we just need blokes. So, yeah. um, and that's why men, your boys in team sports, it's so important. Um, in terms of how Amber's been, she's absolutely one hundred percent supportive of it. And part of the program was that um, women were included in kind of that send off phase. So the women, you know, gathered to send the boys off into the wilderness, so to speak, yes. right? Yeah. And then they were there when the boys returned. And so it was um, when the boys or young men returned. So it was very ceremonial in the sense that you, you go out, you do your, your rite of passage and you come back. And, you know, there's physical changes that have taken place and, you know, some serious resynapsing of the brain based on the challenges that are set for the boys. And, uh, and, and, and she was, you know, a little bit emotional, as was Michelle, um, Jackson's mum. And, uh, you know, really quite emotional, you know, seeing all of this stuff that had just gone on, hearing all about it, and um, and now very, very supportive and aware, too, that Jackson's um, moving through different different phases. Um, but there's that temptation for, you know, the mums and the women to ask questions and want to find out more. And, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> it's, and it's just that's that's how, you know, in this case, um, our family's wired. And I think I suspect that many other women are wired in the same way, that there's this need, desire to want to know the details, to want to know the ins and the outs and what was said and who said what and how did that happen. And, and, and you know, in this and in many cases, it's important that that sort of stuff's not discussed or spoken about. And, and so this, again, helps to build the resilience and the character to be able to keep secrets and to have things confidential and all of that sort of stuff, which is a learning for Jackson. Yeah, wow, wow. Doesn't it's, it sound fantastic? It does. You, I just love the inspiration in your voice, Damo. It's, it's, it's clear, and I'm sure everyone listening can tell. Like You're absolutely inspired by the event and by not just not, not the event itself, it's the results that the event gives you. Like you say, that deepening of your relationship that um, I suppose that greater awareness for Jackson of where he sits in the world and like you say, the support that he has around him and and this is something that again is not, uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be discussed just for boys, it's more just for our children to actually have that vision for themselves as they get older to understand the importance of their peer group, to understand um, what it is I suppose that they're, they're, to really check in with their relationship um, with their dad. Yeah. You know, just to actually check in. So I think it's yeah, it's so cool to hear to hear you talk about. It. I know exactly what I'm doing with Derby in about twelve years' time, um, <laughs> and it, it has to be timed well, right? You've yeah. got to do it in those years, thirteen, fourteen. Latest is fifteen, really. Um, beyond there, it's too late um, for this to be of any real 
assistance because there's too much pruning going on, right? There's not enough neurons. And, uh, and then, you know, prior to that, they just, they're not ready. They're not ready to move into that phase. There's not enough testosterone. So yeah, nice, it's um, nice, nice. Mm, all, all about timing. Damo, thank you so much again. Hey, and Pete, yes, yes. do you reckon we should, we should interview Arna? What do you reckon? Yeah, big time. Let's I do that. Say, I was going to say something else. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say something oath. Um, yes, totally. <laughs> I can't wait uh, to interview the great Arna Rubenstein. Until next time, Damo. Yeah. Thank you again so much for your wisdom. Remember, folks, we would love to hear your feedback. There are many ways to provide it. The best way is to go to our website, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available. We have new ones joining us all the time. We've just added the abnormal psychologist to the couch. Uh, but remember, there's always the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset and MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.